Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prince Podcast here on Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean. Joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? Ah, uh, Sunday morning, easy like Sunday morning. I'm doing well. All right, all right. And also, we are joined by the host of Muse to the Pharaoh, uh, Kanisa. How are you doing this morning? Doing okay. It's definitely an easy, lazy Sunday morning that I appreciate. All right. I wish I, I wish I had that same energy, <laughs> but but I'll take that. All right. So today we are here to talk about. Uh, it was a great interview with Jesse Johnson on the Quest Love Supreme show or podcast that is available on Pandora. So if you want to hear that show, you have to, I believe you have to join Pandora to uh, get access to that. I believe they have like a trial period that you can sign up for and listen to as many of them as you can and then quit if you want or stay as a member. But it is definitely a part of Pandora. And I've heard of this show for a long time this was uh this was my first time actually listening to uh, that podcast and boy was i late to the parties i had to go back and start backtracking and listening to you know some of the other ones so there's a lot of great uh podcasts or interviews in there in general uh but of course there are a lot of great prince related ones in there as well uh but before we get into it let me just shout out quest love and also shout out my guy bill uh that uh that helps put the show on and is on there uh just top notch i was really a fan of that and i would actually say you know my favorite one though uh that i've heard so far was actually donnie simpson like (laughs) i listened to that and i was like i forgot how much donnie simpson influences me And like how much I remember a lot of like just watching that all the time and just his energy about him was just like, man, that was a great interview. And he's just a great guy. Like, I don't know, just something about him. And it really inspired me to like, you know what? God damn it. Get back on my game. Donnie's the the, that guy, man. He's like, you know, for I know for a lot of uh, black, you know, personalities, uh, I forgot how much I really was influenced by by Donnie, even how I try to do what I'm doing. And I always give it up for that Donnie Simpson episode when he went to Flight Time Studios, you know, and they were cutting uh, Fishnet, the Morris Day song. Uh, that influenced me to get into music. Like I was watching that. I was like, God damn, I got to go to the studio. So shout out to Donnie Simpson. But anyway, uh, we're here to talk about this Jesse Johnson interview. It's a two-part interview. I believe it's episode 95 and 96. And as of this recording is the most recent uh, guest that they've had on the show. And I, I, listen, I'm going to be totally honest. I've always wanted to interview Jesse Johnson. Uh, hopefully that will still happen. But this is about the closest you know, I can get to getting some of his classic stories. And as you hear this interview, and let me say this too for the listeners. Spoiler warning. This would be like you know when you do our movie reviews. So we're going to spoil some things. So if you don't want to you know, hear anything about what they talk about, I would suggest you hold off on listening to this and go listen to the the actual interview because we are going to spoil some things. But I will say that Jesse Johnson is a great storyteller. Old boy is hilarious. Uh, He is probably one of the most, um, you know, just like genuine type of guys if you know you could just tell like you would probably have those same conversations if you was in front of him face to face and i think that's what makes it so great to listen to because even if he's like dropping some bombshell type stuff the way he does it is just like you just like man jesse you a fool like you know what i'm saying like it's just so fun uh about it but anyway uh i wanted to see what some of your guys' highlights were from the interview so we'll just kind of jump around a little bit but i'll actually go to kinesa first what was there uh, was there anything that um you really uh, liked or one of the highlights from the interview uh well first of all i really appreciate how honest he is and i mean you kind of get that jesse johnson's gonna tell it like it is and he's not gonna sugarcoat a lot and um from a story standpoint, unless you've listened to like the Jimmy Jam, Questlove stuff, you don't really get a lot of more personal stories from back then. It's kind of more analysis from the people who were around back then. 
So he would be like straight up saying, hey, you know, I call him out on stuff like we'd argue about stuff or it was just me, him and um, like more sometimes. And we were just like this trio. And you don't really hear that a lot. And it kind of like kind of gives the black perspective of what all all that time was and um, what people were involved in, like him playing on 1999 and him being around for a lot of the creation of the Purple Rain songs and things like that, that I appreciate the most about this interview. And there are a lot of specific times, but generally that's kind of why I like these interviews so much is because um, you get that personal kind of perspective mm-hmm. from the black perspective of what the 80s and early time was like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and you get to see his journey of, you know, from his hometown coming to, you know, Minnesota and all that, which is excellent. Uh, Big Sexy, so your like overall take and if there's anything that you wanted to jump into specifically? Well, there are so many things that, you know, they talked about. Um, you know, cause we, I, I liked a lot of the technical stuff. You know, I liked how we talked about in the second episode about how he is just done with CDs. He's like, I'm not doing that anymore. When I do music now, it's going to come out in 2496. Now, a little side note to that is Jesse had, let's just say, uh, I don't say, I don't say a conflict. I don't use that word, but a disagreement with a client of mine. I got involved, and he and I had actual long talk about it. You know, you know, directly, and we talked about technical things like that. So when he said that. I was like, yeah, he said I was going to do that. And I was just blown away by that. I was blown away by the honesty and clarity. And it wasn't honesty to be malicious at all. Mm. But it was like, this is what happened. When he talked about the Roger, uh, not Roger, uh, Larry Troutman story, I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. And about how, you know, Jesse said, look, I respect the chain of command. You know, if I'm your guitar player, I'm your guitar player. But then he would talk about when he got off the road with D'Angelo. No, man, fire me. Go ahead. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely has something to say, and he will say it. And I like that. Yeah. One of the things you you really get the, uh, you come away from this was, you know, how involved Jesse was, you know, back then, you know, not just being around, but actually, you know, playing on some of these, these these classic albums, these older albums, right? And some of these songs, I had no idea that, you know, Jesse alluded to, uh, you know, he's on the, the uh, 1999 song, uh, uh, what do you say, Controversy? Yep. Uh, a lot of this stuff I would not have sort of, there's no way to know, of course. And he talks about, you know, not being credited for the things that he, you know, kind of helped to, you know, come to fruition, song ideas and things of that nature. And, you know, really talking about sort of like, how do you deal with that when you hear something that you know came from something that you kind of did and it sort of influenced Prince to do something and you're not getting credit for that. It was very interesting, you know, to hear him talk about, you know, he said it almost, I would feel like a punk if I had to tell Prince, hey man, you didn't give me credit for the stuff, you know. Um, That type of stuff is very interesting. It goes to show how much a, he was obviously around during all of that creation process. And even he talks about even living with Prince, you know, during these periods. Uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about <clears throat> was the, uh, he was talking about playing music for Prince. And he talked about like, he, I think he was saying like Prince would laugh at him. Like, yo, did you, yo, Morris, listen to what Jesse got playing, you know, listen to his stuff. It almost kind of felt like it was kind of clowning. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this stuff really good enough? to be on the level of, you know, what Prince is doing or whatever. But obviously, you know, he's got great ideas because they go on to be, you know, big songs uh, like Jungle Love and things of that nature. But I thought that was very interesting to hear like a musician and, you know, uh, Jesse literally, you know, still coming up and learning and being around this essentially established, you know, guy, but who, who himself is still ascending to, you know, higher levels of fame, uh, and prestige in the industry so it's, it's it really get to hear that sort of kind of a mentor relationship that he and prince have you know obviously prince he says prince knew how to make records you know so i would go to there to learn 
how to cut records. You know, this guy knows how to do it. He's doing all this amazing stuff. That type of stuff is very interesting to to listen to because I feel like Jesse is like one of the baddest guitar players, mm-hmm. you know, to come out of that. And so it's very interesting to hear him speak about that relationship. Um, another thing I thought was funny was, and this goes to like the press, was his uh, interaction with Nelson George. And, you know, I know... Uh, big sexy. I knew, like remember getting Billboard and you know Nelson George. You I, like I would go read his stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, Nelson, Nelson George. What is he talking about? And he talked. And Jesse talked about when uh, I guess when Jesse was going solo, there must have been a review of his record or something by Nelson. And Nelson was saying something like, "Oh, probably Prince probably wrote and produced all this stuff, whatever." And, you know, you see a lot of this type of stuff nowadays. But to hear about it back then, where an artist was kind of like checking. You know, a press dude. I was kind of like, "Yo, you, you don't have the same energy that you have on the on the review." Now you come into my party and you want to eat. He was like, "Man, get your shit and get the fuck out." I thought that was hilarious. It just really, yeah, he had to, it. Just go to. I could see like Jesse was probably like that cat. Like, yo, man, don't let Jesse be in there by himself because he'll been in turned the place out <laughs> and got into I- some. Go ahead. I think that was one of the most surprising things because um, I think we mentioned on a previous podcast how he had that show at Bunkers a couple of years ago. And in person, he's very like soft-spoken and gentle and nice. And it's funny kind of to hear how quickly it can shift or shift for him. Like that switch comes on. And he's like, you know, ready to like fight in like two seconds. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, to me, it's just like what I kind of thought like. A lot of those guys from, you know, the original crew of people, you know, Morris, Jesse, Terry Lewis and all those dudes. I always wonder, like, how did they get along with the, you know, the the prince that kind of be like, no, nah, what? You know, what I mean, like just that kind of attitude and somewhat borderline funny style type of, you know, behavior. And I know he's you know, from listening to Jesse, you could tell these are like kind of street dudes, like straight mm-hmm. from the neighborhood. Like, hey, man, we, we let's let's do our thing, and then they have to, you know, sort of interact with a, a guy who is, you know, obviously very gifted, uh, and almost I don't know if sheltered would be the right word, but sort of he just needs to focus on his music, doesn't have to, have to deal with sort of like how my actions affect people at times. You know, just about what I want to do. So it's interesting to hear. Jesse actually really speak about like dealing with that and, and Jesse and them is not not here for no games in a sense of you know nah Prince I ain't with you know he told many of stories where he's just like get the fuck out of here Prince I ain't do, you know uh, um, Jesse can you do man get the you know so you I, I was like that sounds real to me I was like a lot of cats probably would be like man come on with that bullshit man you, you know this shit is good over here. Stop that. Stop it. So that was funny to hear, you know, the numerous sort of uh, things of that nature. Um, and it was interesting to really hear sort of that dynamic of the three of those guys, you know, Prince, Morris, and Jesse, and really how tight that kind of unit was. I think even uh, Susan Rogers sort of spoke on that a little bit in her interview um, and even she talked about, you know, where Jesse was the one that kind of really put me up on game in terms of like how these drums need to sound and how this needs to be mic'd and this and that and the third. And then he even sort of backs that up in his interview. Um, but that's, you know, I, I, that's a that crew. Again, I never would have thought of it like that uh, because you never really heard Jesse's go deep into those things. But to hear that they were like a little click and, and working together and doing stuff um you know he mentioned uh he he kind of talked about that vanity the uh, van excuse me apollonia i'm sorry i'm, I'm all up the sheila e album and he mm-hmm. just came out and said yeah that was for vanity the you know the whole shot yep she said no <laughs> you know which is man i was like wow that could i don't know it could have been trying to take away the sort of musician well, you know what this Sheila E brings a lot to the table too, though, right? Like in terms mm-hmm. of musicianship and the drums and the percussion and all that. It would have been interesting how that to think how would that album have flowed with 
Vanity. I would have too. Vanity would have had one hell of an album. <laughs> yep. Would have had a classic song under her belt. Another classic song. She has Nasty Girl. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of little things. Um, just some of the things that jumped out to me too, I'm going to just jump around, was the uh, Purple Rain test screening. and so he talks about you know they had a test screening in LA and he said it was a predominantly or black audience he just said it was a black audience and he was like you know they gonna let you know uh, what they think of the movie and he described a scene where uh, he says more excuse me Prince slapped the spit out of Morris I would have loved to have seen that scene (laughs) Uh, but he said the audience wasn't buying it like they they laughed at it like uh he described it as if it was Kevin Hart slapping the rock. Like you could, <laughs> there's no way you could take that serious. <laughs> and he was like, "That we had to go back and edit, take out a lot of stuff, and reshoot some stuff." And he and he said this. They didn't touch it as he started talking about it, but I'm sure you guys caught this when he started talking about that barn scene, the sex scene mm-hmm. with Apollonia. He he said it a couple times that it was real. And I don't know if they picked up when he, I picked up him was saying like, no, they was really doing it. Not like it was, yeah. it was a real scene. Was like, no, it was real. And he said something like, yo, she really wanted that job. Yep. And then the other young lady that's in the interview, and I'm sorry, I don't know her name. She said something and you can hear Jesse say, yeah, that was like some, he just said it was like Weinstein. early Weinstein <laughs> before some shit like that. And they just said, ah, okay, keep, they moved away from that. But I was curious, what did you guys think about that? Um, I kind of assumed that they meant that was a real scene because I mean, like, there are people on that set, and because we had talked to some other people that were there for that as well, and like, they're not really having sex like that. Come on, guys, it's Hollywood. But um, interesting about how they said, you know, she was doing stuff for the job. I don't believe that. I mean, I, I believe a lot of what was saying said about, you know, like some of the more scandalous thing to some degree, but sometimes I still think it's a little kind of rumor a little bit, especially for that scene. Cause I've heard that so, too much from different people, people who were there and people who weren't. Yeah. Well, what's your thoughts? Uh, big sexy. Well, I think when you have a young actress who has not much film work at the time, in fact, I don't know if she had any, I think she had some modeling gigs here and there, but she wasn't really, you know, a name by any leap of imagination, you know, sometimes you let um, enthusiasm and things like that get a hold of you. Cause she, and again, I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth, but maybe she's thinking, you know, I'm doing this scene with Prince. Let me just do this because this is Prince and we're going to do a little something because he, well, is Prince. Now, I don't know if they went for the whole enchilada on set. I would be surprised if that, but it wouldn't surprise me if it got a little more racier than they wanted it to be. Right. Yeah. People get carried away sometimes. Hey, he said it. He he said you know his words was it would have it would not have gotten past the censors or something like that. He said you know and when I th- when I, you know real I mean, I'm not thinking that and it's not a porn the the, the the film in here. I just imagine maybe he's again this would have been his first movie too being on a I don't know if he was on the set I'm not sure but I know I would be like it was real if I was there and of course she was topless and. Your boy is down here on the ground, and the chick's on top. I'm like, yo, this is real shit. You go. So I kind of think that's kind of what you know. It was probably a, a mind blowing thing to see if you've never seen that before to be in the presence of something like that. But uh, it was just, it was just interesting that he was when he and then. But again, for him to use those words of Weinstein and all that, I, was, mm, I, I would. Mm? <laughs> You, you want to go there, partner? But uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a trip to me. Um, the other thing too, I thought was uh, interesting when he talks about, you know, again, I always felt like Prince has diss tracks or he has lines for people. You know, you can hear it through all this stuff. But when he talked about, uh, you know, we don't like new wave. You know, I would <laughs> I had no idea that was something that was, you know targeted for Andre Simone. It just never clicked to me. But when he said that, I was like, oh, you know what? Wow. Wow. Okay. Yep. It makes sense. <laughs> I kind of see that. But then he's like, we're the ones that's going to get the blowback from that. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't, we didn't, that ain't me on that record. I don't feel that way, but you know, we have to represent that. 
and he also you know, he also talked about the black album and that kind of thing. He's like, oh, uh, dead on it. That would have been a time song, you know. Only good rappers are dead rappers. He's like, we would have had issues, you know. We've been fighting over. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Like, you pretty much have to go along with the record. Like, if if yeah, if he says something crazy in them lyrics, people think that's you, right? Oh, 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 is that right? You know. So I wonder if there were times where people were thinking, like, ah, oh, man, y'all. Y'all, y'all dissing or something, and they had. He said, "We we the ones have to fight that, you know, not him." I know what you and guys. There was the one example, even though this is Prince, when he called up Jesse and was like, "I put you in my song," and it was Old Man Johnson's farm from Raspberry Beret, right. and like he called him and he said that and he hung up and it's like, "Come on, guy, okay." <laughs> yeah, what he said oh, was something. Uh, he said, "Dead on it." He was like, "There's little parts in there that are." It's like I made a song about you. <laughs> I would have never, but again, that maybe it was an inside thing. I'd imagine uh, between them, but that's just funny. Like we, somebody just call you randomly that you ain't talked to in a while. I was like, oh man, I got some shit out on you. Like, huh? Like, well, that part about um, the time song, what song? One day I'm gonna be somebody. Where we don't like new wave, and he said it was an Andre. I I don't know if you remembered this, but I remember when they said that. And he said it was an Andre. I remember Andre's solo album was called Living in the New Wave. Right. I'm like, okay. Oh, we're taking shots now. Okay. And I remember remember that album a little bit. You know, I remember the single from it. What is it called? What are we doing here? And that definitely had a New Wave vibe to it. Definitely. But I never put it together until Jesse said it. Yeah. Well, I guess that got, that goes to the I guess you know there's, there's a whole part a petty prince yeah. <laughs> category, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, what's the other thing? Uh, the other thing again, just because I never would envision it, the the supposed uh, about to fight between Morris and Prince. Mm. I just <laughs> so he sets up where they were filming Purple Rain. And he's, you know, Jesse says that, you know, they had to always show up to set and, you know, be there ready to go or just to be there. Now, he's kind of saying, you know, this is a way of Prince keeping tabs on what we had going on. So we just had to be there. And, you know, he was like, yeah, Morris would always come in clean. And at this one particular time, I guess he came in late or the presumption that he was late, but maybe he wasn't. I'm not sure it wasn't clear on that, but he was like Prince was was on him like yo you you late you know what I mean? and i i can't it's hard for me to picture that because i don't i haven't seen that i'm not saying it doesn't happen but we don't see that as fans right we don't see that side of print but to hear like coming up and sort of barking on somebody just seems you know, funny to me but then you know he's like he said normally morris would be like you know don't say nothing but he was like today he got time Today, Morrissey what <laughs> was the wrong <laughs> was the wrong day, and he was like they was going back and forth. Nigga, what? My motherfucking shit. <laughs> 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 and, and Jesse was like, "Oh shit, it's about to go down." Good. He, he said something like, "Good. I want to see Prince and get 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 his, you know, get in there and get it going." But he was like, yeah, "Jelly Bean was in there. Come on, y'all. We supposed to be brothers. Y'all boys. Come on." That. And he's like, "Man, if you don't get the fuck, let these niggas let these niggas fight." That's what he's. But you know, the funny thing he said was that the reason why he was saying that because he said Prince is usually the one when it was, I guess it was, you know, Jesse and Jerome would sometimes get into it, and he would be like, "Prince was the one instigating for us to fight." So he's like, "Well." All right, same energy, you know. Mm. Now, so I, I thought that was hilarious. Because <laughs> I could just see that. On one hand, I can see it now that I, you know, when I take away the, you know, the, the mystique and all that and forget that these are just regular dudes, you know. Uh, but I'm curious, what did you guys think about that story? Well, I thought, <clears throat> you know, the dynamic of Morris and Prince having beef. And then Jellybean, and I'm just, you know, based on what I'm hearing, Jellybean is trying to break that up. Because Jellybean's thinking, look, gentlemen, we have money to make. Let this shit go. But sometimes you can't. Now, as far as Jerome and Jesse 
And again, I don't know what kind of genesis of beef they had, but if I'm Jesse, I'm like, man, you hold the mirror and shut up. <laughs> Maybe Jerome got sick of hearing that, <laughs> and they had words. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be easy because now Terry Lewis, that's his brother, and it's a gang up on you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Kanisa, what did you think, think of that? Yeah, it's like it's stories like that, and then stories that Jesse told when they were at the concert, and I think either someone threw something and they played their concert, and they're like, all right, and then went out and got the guy and brought him backstage. Yes. And the time was all like ready to jump him and stuff. It's like, it, it, like you said earlier, it's a reminder that all these guys are regular dudes at the end of the day, even Prince. Because, I mean, at one, on the one hand, you, can, you can't you can see him, like, you know, squaring up with someone like that. But then you can, because then you hear the Chad stories where he was ready to, like, fight people or, or had his notebook of insults or <laughs> was, like, trying to race people who, you know, shouted stuff on them. So it, I really love those stories for kind of making him human that, in that way. Mm. And, um especially when he's around these guys, because I keep saying, like, I want to see all these guys in a room, like in 2018, Prince was still here, and then reminiscing about stuff, because I bet it would be hilarious and kind of grounding for everybody. Yeah, and that takes me to another thing Jesse mentioned um, when he's, you know, he was on the road with D'Angelo, and he talks about he got a... Uh, it was interesting. He, it sounded like it was a voice message but then again, he made it. He said it was some sort of Google translation that I don't know if you caught when he said that. He was like, he said this young lady got in touch with him. He couldn't say her name or something. But he was like, it was a message from Prince to Jesse. And he, Jesse said, I hadn't spoken to him in years. And, you know, he talks about in the message. He said that uh, Prince was like, you know, you got to be, I'm, and I'm very much paraphrasing a lot. So I could be out of misquoting it. But the intention was to say, Yo, Jesse, these, these people that I guess you're playing with or who want to work with you, you know, they want to be you or me or Morris. And like you're, you know, that almost might sound like you're, that's beneath you or they're not on your level type of thing. But I guess he wasn't really saying who he was talking about. And Jesse Johnson was saying, I only let one person hear this. And it was, you know, D'Angelo. And he was like, D'Angelo even looked at me. He was like, who do you think he's talking about? And he's like, well, I don't know who he's talking about, but I do know who he's talking about. And I, I, I'm just assuming Prince meant D'Angelo or something like that, right? Um, which is, you know, I was just like, I, I was interesting to me. I was like, man, you haven't talked to this guy in a long time. You know, you're out here doing your thing. You're on the road, you know, working with this, you know, with a cat who's hot, talented. But there has been, you know, I think I'd say healthy competition, I would say, between, you know, D'Angelo and Prince. And then he leaves that voicemail. I, I thought that was kind of like, eh, kind of, I, I thought that was kind of corny, but I'm curious uh, what you guys thought about that part. Well, I'm not really familiar with a lot of D'Angelo's catalog. And having said that, I'm trying to find a high resolution download for Voodoo just to see, you know, what he's about. But <clears throat> competition is one thing, and you said it earlier, Prince can be petty, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe he saw that Jesse was doing something completely different and unrelated to what he had been known for doing, and he took a shot. You know, I mean, again, you know, I, I don't know what Prince heard or didn't hear, and again, I have not heard uh, Voodoo, but I do know that D'Angelo takes a long time before he releases his album because he wants it to be ready. You know, he, he takes all the, and Jesse talked about that. And so maybe, you know, Prince was trying to think, I, you know, I don't know what Prince was thinking, but he definitely <laughs> took a shot, shot at the guy. Yeah. You know, and just, and we'll go to Kenesha next, but it sounds, it's funny now because as I think about it, I'm like, I remember when Jesse initially joined D'Angelo and it was, there was a conversation about that because it was like he was leaving the, you know, uh, the original seven as they had to be called because they weren't getting ready to go on the road. And he was like, yo, this is an opportunity. I got to eat, got to do my thing. I'm going to go over here and join this, this young, this young cat. But I'm kind of like, it's funny to me that Prince will leave that message because I'm like, did you have, like, did you have the same energy to leave that message to say, y'all can use the, the name of the time so that maybe he, he wouldn't even probably went over to that situation 
you know what I'm saying? If they was probably allowed to have that name and go out there and do their thing without having to, you know, rebrand and start from scratch almost. So that's why I was kind of like, eh, you know, you kind of pick and choose when you want to sort of say something. Now, again, I don't know if he had a conversation with, with them about that name, but obviously they couldn't use that name, which I think probably led to things not moving as fast for that band as they probably should have. But what, that's just my opinion. Uh, Kanisa, what do you think? Yeah, um, if people can get their hands on the DVD that came with the Condensate album, they spend some time talking yeah. about yeah. how Prince wouldn't let them use their name. But um, as far as that call, for me, it's weird to think about Jesse Johnson playing guitar in someone else's bands. It's kind of like it, it. It was. It's. I know he did. I mean, after the time, at least, because you know he had his solo act and he was successful writing for other people, and so it's like now you're playing guitar and some. And there's a good. A big part of contributing to someone's sound like that and helping to define it. But I don't know. I, I kind of look at that or that comment he made as a pers- from the perspective of you should be doing your own thing rather than, you know, being in someone else's band like that. But that's kind of how I saw it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, too. I mean, it's, it's it's one thing for a guy like Prince to say that, right? Like, <laughs> because he going to eat regardless. <laughs> you know, he's not going to. But again, at the same point, that had been like, uh, Larry Graham or somebody calling him, calling him and saying, well, "Why are you playing guitar for tomorrow, tomorrow, or mm-hmm. Tamar? <laughs> what are you doing? You, you're you're Prince." So I don't know, man. But uh, it was an interesting story. I'm glad he did share stuff like that. Um, the other big thing, and I'm dying to know more about this. Jesse seemed to imply that there is some sort of 32 hour. Prince cassette tape or music that is going to be auctioned off or something. Am I, was I mishearing yeah. that or? No, you heard that accurately. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I don't know who's going to be auctioning it off. But he was saying to Quest, like, I know you're the hardcore collector. Let me tell you where to get this from and who has it so you don't you know, get hoodwinked. Now, with something like that, it's almost along the line of that, I believe it was the Wu-Tang Clan album that was like one copy. Oh, right, right. You know, and whoever buys this, assuming it is true, it's got, it's got to leak out. You know, that's just the way things are, especially in digital form. But I'm real curious as to see what it is. But if anyone gets it first, it will be Questlove. Yeah, I mean, he described it as, didn't he say like, had the at least the second Prince album there was like multiple takes or a whole different version of that Uh, he said there was and he let it slip too there was the the hookers project was on there and and he said he he said I remastered it or remixed it or something like that like I was like what sometimes that sounds like they edit the show or I don't know if it's because it has those you know those time marks that it you know stops for a second and starts to play so was, i couldn't tell if they were cutting parts out but he wasn't very clear on what he was talking about but like i said i just it made it sound like there's going to be an auction of that's what i assume and he said i don't want it to go into the hands of a collector or something like that but wouldn't that be what happens in an auction because the person who does buy that if it does leak then i mean they might as well just go ahead and give up the the lawsuit because you'll know exactly where it came from right it's like mm-hmm. So I don't, it's, I don't know, it's a weird thing. What'd you think about that, Kenison? Yeah, because I was confused about that part too, because he'd obviously heard it and he kept talking about cassette tapes that he had from stuff. And then he mentioned like stems of music, um, stuff on For You. And I'm like, what is it? Does he have, my, I was busy reacting like, what? You have what? You have what? <laughs> to really see like where it could be found. Because isn't that kind of how bootlegs happen where they, pay a lot of money to get their hands on stuff like that. And then they turn around and sell it and stuff like that. But um, yeah, interested to hear, hear that as well. And yeah, he was saying like, I don't want it to get into the hands of people who wouldn't share it. So he wants it to be shared. It's just how. Yeah. I mean, obviously that'd be a big legal issue. (laughs) Uh, Well, it could be. Remember back when he was doing the uh, NPG music club and he had the NPGs, sampling series mm-hmm. if you if you bought that it was you know clearance free forever so maybe if the person who buys that 
you know, 32 hour thing, maybe they have that same type of thing built into it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I already know the estate lawyers is. No. And Warner Brothers, like. But I tell you what, if he does have that or whatever, they need to go ahead and that's what they need to put out. Like, that mm-hmm. would be the ultimate. I was like, God, I was like, that has to be. And just the way he described it, it's like, you know, if I was a musician or a fan of somebody, I wanted to hear sort of the process of how these songs came together. You know, he said there, there's multiple versions ahead and this and that. Before it got to the version you heard, you know, he talked, what do you say? He talked about Get It Up. It's like, man, just the bass work, you know, the guitar solo's not there. I was, I was like, ah, my brain was melting. I was like, oh, Jesse. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds incredible. And I would not doubt that he does have boxes of tapes of that stuff, right? He was there uh, during all of that. So it would, that would be incredible. I don't, uh, I'm like, if that is an auction, this is where the Prince fan base needs to get together and be like, uh-huh. let's just have a pot. And <laughs> we just put in a whole, everybody puts in some money. And everybody who put in on that pot, you're going to get a copy. That would be the coldest move that could be done. You know, so when they have these auctions, right? And it's, oh, there's the one copy of that rehearsal tape or this. This should be a fan. And maybe I'm just putting this out there. This should be a thing where the fans say, you know what? Yo, I'm putting in 200. I put in this. And we all get a copy of this. And we buy it. So then there can't be no issues because we bought it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we can share it amongst ourselves. I, you know, actually... I saw, I see this in gaming. I'm going to jump a tangent for a second. Uh, what is this? Kenisa, uh, you may know this. There's a, it's a video game that has not, actually not been released. They have raised crowd, kickstarted, I don't know, 20, 30 million dollars or something crazy. Whoa! It's the, uh, it's a space game uh, from the guy who made Wing Commander, those games. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the, it's on the tip of my tongue what this game is called. But this thing has been, in development for years and i'm not lying he has raised millions upon millions of dollars they still have not released this game they've put out little modules of it like you know it's a very like graphic intensive realistic type of game where you can actually fly to different planets land the ship get out walk around space battles blah 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 but uh I bring all this to say is recently they are you know they sail actual spaceships in the game right and they had some ship that's $27,000 in real, you know, U.S. currency. <laughs> hmm. And I've heard that there are, there are groups of fans of the game who got together to raise that money and they bought the ship, right? So that's what I was thinking. I was like, God damn. If they can do that kind of stuff, I mean, it's got to be a, a thing where we can be like, you know, if something does come down the pike, that's just like, Ah, and and we can get over the the hatred of how oh, dare they sell it? <laughs> yo, yo, we gotta get that tape, yo. <laughs> we can argue about it after we got it, but mm. uh, I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah, I'm very curious to see what Jesse was talking about on that. Um, let me There's jump. One, oh, go ahead, go ahead. One story that we hadn't talked about, and it was funny to me because I was on Tumblr. And there was like this round of gifts that go around of Prince during Graffiti Bridge. Uh, I was just about to go and, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody loves how luxurious his hair is. Yes. And it's just like this big appeal about that era of Prince. <laughs> and there's a story that Jesse tells about being or at a taping. And something happens to where they tell everyone to clear the set. And they said Prince was sitting on the ground or laying on the ground, on the ground, he didn't specify how, having a time. And Jesse came in to kind of calm him down. Apparently, and I'm so glad that I pulled into my garage when the story started because I would have <laughs> run off the roof. Part of Prince's weave had fallen on the ground and he was very upset about, I guess, embarrassed, humiliated about that. And I was just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so... If you read the story, um, I, I think um, Steve Steve Park's book, he talks about how Prince wore a wig during um, Purple Rain tour in some of the cons or maybe some of the filming, I think, because he had bleached his hair and it didn't go well. Uh, and so they had to cover that up for continuity. And it's like that during the tour, too. And then we have Weave 
for, what is that, 80, 89, 90? And you can tell if we watch, because, like, the Muse people pulled out all of our pictures and compared. And, like, you can tell when it's his hair and when it's, like, the weave hair. Wow. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> Investigative report. Are we all being lied to? Like, what's happening with his hair? Hey, man. The, the <laughs> fantasy must be maintained. The show, the show must go. You know, uh, I just thought it was funny. And I remember the scene he's talking about in the movie where he's, like, roughing up Prince Jesse's roughing him up. I don't so that's funny. And then he even dropped, uh, he said Craig Rice's name. I almost wanted to just reach out to Craig. Like, Craig, what happened with the- <laughs> <laughs> Like, was he sitting on the ground? Was he, like, laid out on the ground? Yeah, like, was- I need, was he having a tent? I need details about Pimp that. Pimp down. It was a purple emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Clear the <this> set. <laughs> was it, like, one track just, like, on the ground? I'm sorry. Wow, hey. Well, you know, you know, I'm not mad. I mean, hey, it is what it is. You, and, and, you know, Jesse goes into talking about that and like, yo, you know what? I'm trying to get my weave in. What are you talking? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm trying. Watch it late to the floor, So I mean, it it is what it is. Um, these are rock stars, and you know, rock stars have a certain look. You know, we as fans, we we want to see the razzle and dazzle, and that's what they gave us, man. And sometimes, I guess, if you got to get the the piece. Now, here's the thing. You know, we 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 do give the sisters a lot of, lot of shit over. You know, oh hair weave, you know, the lace front. But you know, I mean, you, my man, your boy. You know, he, <laughs> he he got them, and we love it. They they like it. We love it. So, you know, it is what it is. It's just funny to me. It's funny that they had to clear the room. <laughs> like, it's like, damn, <laughs> it, was, it was a serious. I guess Kim wasn't there back. I, that's why I was like, eh, I wonder. Kim wasn't around, but you know, maybe that's in her book. You never know. But, mm. but yeah, that's that was a wild story right there. I was like, you're wrong. Or even that. he was talking earlier in the earlier days how when he was living with Prince, um, mm. Prince would do his own hair. So he'd had like his little skinny barrel curling iron, and he wouldn't <laughs> leave his room until his hair was like done. And, and that was funny to me. And he'd come out of his room, like, totally dressed, totally had all of his makeup on, everything that he did himself, yeah. which might explain some of those early pictures. But, yeah. And well, that, one thing, go ahead. Also, one thing that does, you know, tie into, and it's been said, you know, throughout time, men get into music for two reasons, money and women. And when they were, when Jesse was talking about, you know, we were trying to get be pretty like Little Richard, and people would say, "Oh man, the guys think, you know, y'all whatever." And it's like, ain't nobody thinking what men think. We think what women think, right. and women like it, so we don't get it done. I'm like, okay, okay, makes sense. Yeah, was and that's what I, I was I wasn't picking it up on it at first when I was listening to it again. I noticed they was bleeping a word. Was that? Were they saying faggot or something? Was that what they were? Yes, okay. that, that's the word. I was like, he's saying nigga this and that. I guess that's where it is. I, I just yeah, was like, what's going can't on? Can't say that word nowadays. All right. Well, I mean, but it's funny that I'm glad that he spoke on that because, again, you know, yeah, it was they was, you know, wearing the makeup and you had the pink and stuff. But I love that he was like, you know, psh, we doing it for the ladies. You know, he, he says something like, I seen more cracker. He says something. I don't know if you caught the little comment. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, Jesse is nuts. <laughs> I remember an interview with Prince, a printed interview years ago. Like in the mid early eight, like mid eighties, because he mentioned about the the high heel shoes. He said, "I he said, you wear them because you're short." No, I wear them because the ladies like them. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, if they ever do a movie, which I'm sure they will. They have to have stuff like that in a movie. I just think because because it it really put it in the time. I mean, you can't imagine uh, a very pop- popular male artist or black male artists today, you know, oh man, I was at, I was at, uh, you know, Jay-Z's place and he's just, he was just in the bathroom doing this, you know, you know, putting rollers in his hair (laughs) and putting on makeup, you know, that, but it's, you know, such things culturally just kind of shifting with the times, but it's just so funny to think about that now. Like I thought they had like hairdressing stuff. No, they was doing it Uh, themselves. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so hilarious to me. (laughs) He's like, where did you learn that from? Well, my mama did it. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the most interesting thing about all these old school kind of interviews of them talking about that time because you kind of 
think that, you know, they had this whole WB machine behind them, but there was so much division between that machine and them as artists that they did a lot of that stuff on their own. Like when it came to promotion and stuff, maybe WB. But the day-to-day while stuff was being made, um, they were all hold like 50 million people in a house living together. Mm-hmm. He'd tell stories about, hey, um, waking up Jesse to go, come listen to this right quick. And Jesse would be like, yeah, that's cool. Or Morris would be like, I don't like that, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like this, they were all very close. And it, it it's kind of interesting how Rad Tag it seemed because they didn't have like, they had like the managers and stuff, but that wasn't their job. They were, they had to make the music and they were in charge of making up the image and they were in charge of making sure that they look good. I'm sure they had their designers and stuff with them when they were going out, but day to day, that was all just them. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I, I can't wait for the uh, what's the photographer that's books Alan Alan can't B. see yeah Alan <laughs> B there we go his book coming out I, I can't wait to see the, those pictures because I think when he was at uh, the celebration he talked about like you no know, Prince was doing the makeup himself and uh, all that type and he would just show up uh, that was pretty cool uh, one other thing just the, the D'Angelo part I don't know if you caught he said I swore he said in there that. Uh, he made it sound as if D'Angelo recorded Summertime Thing. He's, he's like, yeah, we played on that unreleased thing. He said, Summertime Thing. Now, I know that they played that live at one of those performances. It's on YouTube. But it made it sound like they actually, like he recorded that song, which I just find, not find strange because I like the song, but it is kind of strange. Like, man, wh- this guy obviously sitting on a lot of unreleased music of his own, which he talks about in there. And I... I kind of have a love and hate about that because I'm a big D'Angelo fan, but I hate that he does not put out music. Like, because I know the dude's talented. He obviously must have listening to what they're talking about. He's got music that's sitting there done. I don't really, I can't understand why is he not putting the stuff out. Like, can't be that much perfectionist. We're not just. I mean, you can, but I mean, to me, as much as a fan of Prince, I know D'Angelo is. You know you have to release the work like prince did not just hold back music he put shit out he may not have put the songs you wanted sometimes but he was a machine like he was releasing stuff and that's the only i just was like when i hear that i'm like ah you mean to tell me this dude has all this music and the way they describe it is like some of the greatest shit you want to hear we need that man like we need you to put that stuff out so i was just like ah once again i'm hearing about you know d'angelo and not putting the, the 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 music out. I always feel like um, D'Angelo, Lauren Hill a little bit. To me, uh, I, I say this because I love these guys. Let me be clear. Well, I was I, I one part of me as a fan. I was so disappointed because I always felt like they held back their greatness. Like they were on the cut. They were like going to be the next thing, in my opinion. But you know, whatever happens, the personal things, whatever was going on, the one thing I felt like they didn't carry forward that they should have learned from the previous generations of like Prince and all those guys, well, you got to put the work out. It, it means nothing if you don't put it out. You know, you, you got to take it to the stage or you got to keep, keep going. And I just felt like hoarding that stuff in, it's like, man, they're not really ready to take the mantle yet. Cause part of the mantle is you, you got to get down. <laughs> like it, you know, you can only talk about stuff so much, right? And you might have the shit, but if you don't present the shit out and take the risk that if people don't like it, then he's not really ready to take the mantle from the, you know what I mean? It's like, that's why I always kind of, I think back, I'm like, man, dude would have been, the, he would have been the next thing in my opinion. In my opinion, he would have been the next thing, but no matter how good you are, if nobody gets to hear it, then it's like, eh, well, it doesn't mean nothing. Um. And that's not a shot to any of those guys. I got mad love. Please believe that's just my observation, my opinion, because I want to see them put this shit out. And I know they I know they sitting on the coldest shit. Um, but anyway. Well, uh, one thing ahead. though, I remember the um Prince omnibus film. Sheila E said, you know, Prince, when he comes to record, set up, let's go. A lot of the jazz people that she used to work with and she said you know, Billy Cobham, George Duke, they would spend hours getting one drum tone right. You know, and uh, I was reading <clears throat> Bruce Springsteen's book, same thing. 
let's get the drum tone right, let's get this right. And it takes, so many musicians will take all this time to get every sound right before they play it and record it, whereas Prince was like, is it on? Yeah, are we recording? Yeah, let's go. You know, they would capture the feeling more than be concerned about the the nuances of the perfection of the sound. And it sounds like D'Angelo was, you know, one of the classic musicians in that sense, that everything has to be right, then they can go ahead and record it and get it out there. And that's just not good or bad. That's just the way they are. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't doubt. I mean, it's just that he's got the shit done. So it's just like... Like you know, you don't sit fourteen years in between releases, unless you Michael Jackson or something, where you you know your album can stand on test like that. But but then again, I still love what he's doing. Um, one other thing I wanted to add to, and I love this interview. As I said, was excellent. The only thing I guess I probably think if there was one thing I wanted to get out of this that I didn't was discussions on Jesse's albums, like mm-hmm. his. You know, what was that first album? That first album came out, it was banging. Like, you just, you know, they didn't really, they didn't, I don't think they even mentioned Free World. Like, when was it when you dropped that 12 inch B side and you shut the game down? You know what I'm saying? What was the second album process? They never, and I, I could have sworn they would. These are the guys that are scholars of Prince. The, the conversation about, uh, ah, what's the song? Just see me walking down the street one day. Don't say nothing to me. Um, Do yourself a favor. Yes. I would have. Like, I wanted to. Yeah. What? How did? Why did you do Prince's version over that song? Like, how did? What happened with that? Because of all those phone calls you talked about, I'm sure there was a phone call about that. <laughs> um, so there was. Those are the things I would still need to be discussed or would love to hear Jesse talk about, you know, um, I love that he talked about that tomorrow in the scene. I always wondered about that. Like one, why was there such a long period of time between her out first album and second album? And why I thought this, the second album, there just seemed to be no promotion or nothing. Now I understand why he was like, I have nothing you, to do it. <laughs> it, you know, and I also would have loved to hear about the crash, right? Like the band he produced, that first album was banging, and of course, I you know there was that whole, uh, you know, thing so, alleged sort of child molestations. Not with Jesse, but one of the other members of the band. They ended up having to change the band's name, and they came out with, I can't remember what was the name of the band. The second album, they totally changed the name, and they was on some, they were like on some funk, Minneapolis rock shit. But the second album was like some new jack type swing but they had a new new singer. I can't remember, but I, I would love to hear about all that. I mean, there had to be a thing about that. Um, and I don't know, you remember Mark? Jesse, there was, he was like in the spotlight when he was really popping. There was some, and I, and I, I have to go back and do my research, but I remember there was something going on where he had like altercation with the police or was something was a domestic thing. I'm not trying to put stuff out on you, brother. I feel because I just not clear about it. But I remember like he was in the news because it was something going on with him. And like there was the authorities was involved or something. And it was something, you know, I, don't know I, if I you, remember, you remember that vaguely. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull that up because. And again, we're not trying to put anybody on anything. Nah, not you know? at all. I love, but love, but I was, I would have loved for him to dive, you know, ask about some of that type of stuff too, because he had his own career. Like there was things going on. Um, so yeah, those are things I would love to hear about as well. You know, aside from the Prince stuff. Um, but yeah, man. So I mean, while you're looking that up, uh, there's this other story because we hear a lot of different versions of the food fight story. And Jesse gave um, some insight into how it came to that, where they were playing pranks on each other. And I think during the tour, Jesse was standing on the side of the stage, and there's this part where, I guess, Prince pulls a pair of panties out and does stuff to it. (laughs) And so Jesse switched the panties out with, like, really big ones. And so Prince starts pulling it out. And it, he keeps going and keeps going because they're so huge. And, like, meanwhile, Jesse's on the side of the stage, like, dying because these huge panties that he pulls out and it still has to continue the show doing that bit. But, yeah. And he said that Prince was real mad about it, too. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 like I said, a lot of those are 
golden type stories that I would love to see them sort of reenacted or somehow. Just mm -hmm. hilarious. Um, all right. Any last things before we, we wrap up on Jesse? And uh, again, shout out to Questlove and all those guys. Excellent job with that interview. Yeah, there was one thing that uh, Jesse mentioned about the merchandising that really shed light on the Times, you know, appeal to men and women because you could go to the show, and, you know, go to the merchandising table. Oh, what do we got? I got a shirt that says, ain't nobody bad like me. Mm -hmm. Men will buy that. Now you go to the Prince table. I belong to Prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to wear that. Yeah. That's not going to work. You know, so with that, that's why the Times audience was probably a little more galvanized than Prince's was at, at that time. You know, it was more inclusion. And the thing about bringing people in the back and having to check them, yeah, that ain't new. You know, I was a roadie <laughs> back in the day, and, you know, sometimes people in concerts, for whatever reason, get stupid, start throwing shit and all that, and the band sees it. They motion to the to the roadies. We're like, yeah, roll fourteen CF. Yeah, get him, and they bring him back there, and you know, we have a discussion. It happens. Hmm. Yeah, not yeah. surprised at all. And also, um, this last thing, when they talked about Sly Stone, I had no idea that John McClane put that together, and I didn't know that Sly was not in the studio with Jesse when they did it. That's amazing. Yeah. They yeah. never met till the, till the video shoot. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I would say that's a guy who I want to see be interviewed is John McClain, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dude. And I think right now, right now, he's in charge of the Michael estate, uh, the Michael Jackson estate, right? Like. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, oh, yeah. he's, yeah, he's he got his hands in a lot of stuff. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I'm not one well, I'll get into it, but I just the other part that you know is worth listening to is also the the vanity uh blocking stories. <laughs> I can only imagine like you you walk out there with her standing next to you, like and looking like she has something to do with you and you do like of course well that's like I, I don't know what he was thinking. It was fine as she uh block all day you ain't gonna get nobody walking up on you for that i'm mad she was like a sister about it so she'd be like yeah she wasn't good enough anyway i'm like dude come on yeah well that's what i'm saying like even aside from what she's saying to him like just i was looking at them i would be like oh psh, he's good like uh, <laughs> I, I would imagine a female would be like oh, hey psh. okay he's spoken for <laughs> but yeah that's funny to me all right. Well, I implore you to go listen to that episode and actually check out some of the other ones. Uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I listened to that one. That was really good. Um, like I said, for me, Donnie Simpson. Uh, real quick, what's some of you guys' favorites over there? Um, I checked out Sheila's as well as Jimmy Jam and Terry. I'm probably going to check out Stokely's as well. Um, okay. Really any of the purple-related ones. But other ones, too, because... I'm interested in Donnie Simpson as well from back in the day when I was like two, but yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Donnie, I, I won't, I won't, have you guys listened to it, the Donnie one? Yes. Not yet. Oh, Donnie. yeah. So I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's an interesting Black Album story in his. Uh, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and some could argue maybe he has something to do with that album not coming out, but you definitely got to go check that out. Um, what about you, Big Sexy? Well, I enjoy definitely Lenny Kravitz because, you know, he's a musician. You know, a musician, he's a musician, actually. Just like Greg Fillinghames, I enjoyed his. But I want to listen to Cree Summer because mm. she's an actress as well as a musician. And I want to see the one, I just noticed this as I was looking through it. He's got, uh, I'm going to butcher her name, uh, Lena, Lena Waithon. And I want to hear what she's talking about just as a filmmaker. And, you know, <clears throat> I enjoyed Chili's. I love Jesse's, loved Jimmy's, loved Alan Leeds. Yeah, that's the one that turned me on to the show. Yeah. You know, Alan blew me away. And I told Mike this off air, and I'll say it on air. I'm Every time I listen to uh, Questlove's show, I have a nice, tool, tall, cool glass of haterade because <laughs> he's getting guests <laughs> that we want. 
Hilarious. You know, he got Alan Leeds, he got Jimmy, he got Jesse. I'm like, well, I want those guys. We want to get those guys. You got to ask them. <laughs> got to get to them and ask them, you know, but I'll, I'm not giving up. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed this show. Please check us out at podcastjuice.net. You can hear this particular episode of the Prince Podcast and others, of course, Music to Pharaoh. Um, and also check us out on YouTube. Just look up uh, Podcast Juice. And as I always say about this time, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.